Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking sports locally and nationally. Join the conversation on our social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome to another edition of the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. I am your host, Ken M. Joining me in studio, as always, it's Padawan J. Hello there. And we are going to be talking some football this episode, so who better to join in that conversation than your coach, my coach, the coach, Coach Duffy. Yeah, we're going to go over that at the XFL, right? The name, oh, teams, so announcements you mean, today? Those, you mean those really generic Madden logos from back in the early 2000s? J- dot JPEG. Uh-huh. Yeah, if you haven't seen the logos, uh, we might have to have a Twitter poll about that just to get the opinion of what you thought of them not option, really impressing option, the panel. option a they're not good option b <laughs> they're not good option c they're really really not good yeah mm-hmm. we might have to have that up later so definitely we want you to join in the conversation as we always do join in with the hashtag odph you can find our social media links on ochoduroparlayhour.com so definitely join in because this entire episode and actually next episode as well we are breaking down the nfl season yes it is football time It is the big sports time here in America, depending on where you're listening from. So this episode, we are breaking down the entire AFC conference. The next episode you'll hear, which will be out on Thursday as we're recording, that will be all about the NFC, which if we are Uh, lucky... Correction, NFC East. Yes. If if you get your way. If we are lucky, we'll be able to talk about any other team than the New York Giants because Coach Duffy (sighs) has got notes for days. Steaming. I'll say he's he's made war and peace seem short. (laughs) Yes. So stay tuned for that episode, but we're going to jump right into the AFC. And like I said, join in that social media conversation with the hashtag OTPH, breaking down every division. And then at the end of the episode, we will give you our prediction of who's going to win the AFC. So let's start it off. Coach, you want to lead us in with the AFC East? Absolutely. So last year we had in first place the New England Patriots. Second place were the Miami Dolphins. Mm -hmm. Third place finished the Buffalo Bills, Ken. Yes. Very proudly. Very proud. Fourth place and rounding up the AFC East was the New York Football Jets. Uh, Now, some big losses in this division for some of these teams. Yeah. More notably, the New England Patriots, your defending champion, Mm -hmm. losing that guy by the name of Rob Gronkowski. Bit of a difference maker. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, obviously, also Chris Hogan leaving this year, and Trey Flowers, another key loss. Yeah. Uh, in Buffalo, huge tons of additions. Yes. I mean, uh, they signed everybody. I, I'm surprised we don't have contracts. Well, I actually deferred it because I still want to do the podcast, but it's not ah. to say I couldn't be a late season addition. No, my bills were very sharp and very smart about their free agent signings. I mean, everybody they picked up this year, I was very happy with. And I, I know that we didn't get Antonio Brown. In, Thank God. In, yes, which yeah, I'm which very good thankful thing. for. Because Josh Allen did not need that kind of media distraction for him in his second year here. No, instead he got Cole Beasley, who, yeah. I mean, as a Giants fan, saw it terrorize them in the slot for years. I'll say, and Buffalo's watch, Julian Edelman terrorized them for the better part of, you know, a decade or more. Exactly, so and, they're going to utilize... Beasley, Cole Beasley's in the same, you know, mold. Yeah, they're going to utilize him in a way that hopefully Josh Allen will be able to take advantage mm-hmm. of. Yeah, no, I fully agree. I mean, Beasley, John Brown, they're the big wide receiver additions to join Zay Jones on that squad. They got rid of Kelvin Benjamin, which, I mean, I'm perfectly fine with. The running back core, though, I mean, is kind of interesting. I mean, LaShawn McCoy is still going to be there. They did sign Frank Gore. TJ Eldon's on the squad, and they did draft Delvin Singletary. So they do have a solid core right there. Yeah, yeah. But it's just kind of. Let's just say there's a couple of guys there that, that you know, especially with uh, Shady and then Frank Gore, there's some tread in the tires. Right, which I 
it, they can still go, but it's going to be interesting to see how they progress down the season. I mean, yeah. it'll be interesting to see what at the trade deadline, depending on where Buffalo is and how Frank Gore is playing, whether LaShawn McCoy's name is being brought up in trade discussions. Yeah. Because, I mean, way more than years past, trades have been a very active thing in the last couple of years that we've never seen before in the NFL. And it'll be very interesting to see if maybe his name gets brought up in maybe uh, Los Angeles yeah. with the Chargers or possibly even Kansas City. Yeah. where they're desperate for running back right now. Yeah, and I, mean, I know you brought up the whole Rob Gronkowski loss, and yeah, that is a big loss. I mean, let's not sugarcoat it. But at the same token, you know, they have played a number of games without him. So, you know, they've been able to game plan without him, and they'll be fine without him. You know, they did sign Benjamin Watson, who they've had in the past, and he's a very serviceable tight end. Is he Rob Gronkowski or, you know, no. I mean, let's let's not sugarcoat it here. But, you know, they do still have, you know, that you brought up they lost Chris Hogan. Yeah, that's true. But they do still have Julian Edelman. They signed Demarius Thomas, and also they're getting Josh Gordon back. You know, they still have the running back, you know, carousel with uh, Sonny Michelle, James White, and Rex Burkhead. So I think they'll make out fine. I mean, is Tom Brady still the quarterback? Yes. Is, is Bill Belichick still the head coach? Yes, until that is not the case, I'm not worried. No, you you have to give the Devils their due, and I'll be the first one to tell you. I mean, as much as it pains me, the Patriots still have that system in place, so it doesn't really matter who's on the team. Yeah. They're going to find ways to win. Belichick is that smart of a coach. Brady, the only opposition he really has is father time mm-hmm. because eventually he's going to fall off. Well, with TB12, he's going to be invincible. I mean, if they keep and if they keep mis printing his age in the programs at stadiums and saying he's 22 instead of 42, it, it, you know, you never know. I mean, like Thanos, he is inevitable. Mm-hmm. I know, and I hate that too. <laughs> <laughs> but but it is the, it's the it's the standard in the AFC East. I mean, the Bills have the best shot, in my opinion. I'm not saying that being a homer. I'm saying that they have the best shot of progressing if they're going to be any team to jump out and catch the Patriots. Oh, this year. easy there, because those New York Football Jets made some pretty outlandish signings this year themselves. Oh yeah, break it down for me. Picking up Le'Veon Bell mm-hmm. in a big offseason move for them, getting a running back that obviously you know Darnold could really use and needed last year, a dynamic running back. I mean, obviously their running backs last year in Crowell, you know, they played well. But not Le'Veon Bell well. Right. So it'll be very interesting to see. Uh, you know, obviously C.J. Mosley as a linebacker to help chase down and, and to sack, you know pressure Tom Brady. That's the blueprint for beating New England. As a Giants fan, I've seen it. That's what you need to do. You had to bring that up. I'm sorry. And uh, you know, obviously, no real big losses this year as far as uh, the Jets' standpoint goes. So to me, the Jets are right there on pace with Buffalo, and I, I actually can. Buffalo has a very Outside chance, I like them this year. I see. I like Buffalo. I think Buffalo can give them a run for their money, but they won't beat them. But I don't, re- you know, I I really don't see the Jets making that big of an improvement. Yes, they have Le'Veon Bell, and Le'Veon Bell is a very good running back. But you know, for me, it's still kind of up in the air. He did have that year off. What's he going to come back like? You know, just it's an unknown factor. We've not seen, at least to my recollection, in the NFL where you have a player sit out a year and then come back. And okay, so you got Le'Veon Bell. Great. That just means any defense they go up against during the entire NFL season is going to stuff the box, expecting the run and force you know their quarterback, their uh, Sam Darnold, to throw. And I'm looking at you know their depth chart according to ESPN.com. They have Robbie Anderson, Quincy Inua, and then Jamison Crowder listed as their starting wide receivers. Robbie Anderson last year had 50 catches for 752 yards and six touchdowns. Uh, Quincy Inua had 38 catches for 449 yards with one touchdown, and then Jamison. Crowder 
Crowder had 29 catches for 388 yards with two touchdowns. You know, it's not exactly striking fear in me if I'm a defensive coordinator going, we got to stuff the box and, and just let them burn us with the receivers if they do because I don't think they will. That was with a rookie quarterback, though. That's true. And now this is Sam Darnold's second year, and he played pretty well for being a rookie. He did well. But First he, pass, uh, not not included. Okay, no, no, <laughs> yeah, you, you throw that, you throw the early games away. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, overall, though, I mean, he played well. He didn't play great. Sure, yeah, but I he mean, played, I definitely don't disagree. He played well, but with the wide receiving core he has in Inua, I think is a better receiver than Robbie Anderson. In I my mean, opinion. he got hurt. Inua got hurt last year anyway, and missed you know a ton of stretch. I think in the middle of the year. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he came back towards the end. And obviously, played well towards the end of the year. So now, hopefully, having him for a full season, um, you know, and obviously Robbie Anderson was a fantasy pick up towards the end of the year well as well when guys start going down yeah. you know Anderson was a name that was on the waiver wire that you were looking to pick up so obviously his performance as the year went on went well and the Jets defense is always good I mean not great yeah but no, they're good they have Jamal Adams yeah they, and I mean, they're, that that team is looking fine and now for, picking up CJ Mosley as well up yeah. the middle I mean that's only gonna help it's gonna help but I think it all comes down to Darnold and like you touched upon coach he's in his second year yep I mean this is the big rookie class is now in their second year you got to see what happens Josh so, Allen sophomore slump is yeah, a thing yeah Baker Mayfield I mean Josh Rosen I mean you kind of you can kind of see how quickly somebody can fall off Darnold, we don't know what's going to happen. And especially, you, the biggest X factor on that team is going to be Le'Veon Bell. Right. Because yeah. how motivated is he going to be really to mm-hmm. come back? Because you had all that drama in Pittsburgh. You sat out the entire year. Yep. You actually wound up making less money than you would have to stay and played in Pittsburgh. Right. Which it, it is what it is. Now you're coming into a new team. Is that offensive line as good as the one you had in Pittsburgh? Debatable. Debatable. Yeah. So if you're going to be the focal point of that offense, can you relieve enough pressure off Darnold that he can show some more growth in that second year? My biggest thing is is as long as the Jets' defense can play well and keep them in games, Sam Darnold just doesn't have to lose them. Right. And you can go to the Super. You can go to an AFC Championship game with that strategy. You can, but I think getting through the Patriots, it's it's going to come short. No, yeah, I mean, with the way that the Patriots play now, which is totally different than it was yeah. five, ten years ago, yeah. you have to be able to put up 30 points on them. And, and I'm looking at the Jets' schedule. It's not going to be an easy test out the gate for them. They open week one against Buffalo uh, at home. They're at home against Cleveland. They travel up to New England week three. They have a bye in week four. Week five, they travel to Philly. Week six, they play Dallas at home. Week seven, they play New England at home. Week eight, they travel down to Jacksonville. And then week nine, they travel down to Miami. Yeah, it's not going to be an easy well, stretch by any means. Week nine's a W. Oh, week nine. Yeah. Week nine should be, but how I mean, let's, how wild is it with a new I, head coach? In, let's in, head the to Miami I'll, right now, I'll actually. I'll say, let's not forget, uh, New England was supposed to win against Miami last season before you had the miracle whatever it's called, I forget. Yeah, well, the the game. this is not that Miami team. That's, this Miami yeah. team is going to be eee. very bad. Atrocious. Eee. I mean, Adam, Adam Gase is now with the Jets, mm-hmm. so bringing in a new head coach with, with Darnold, I mean, it's going to be kind of a real issue there. But like we're touching upon, I think the worst team in the AFC East, bar none, so bad. It's gonna be. It's gonna be ugly. It's, it's Miami. Gonna be bad. And, I mean, and no, no disrespect to any Dolphins fans. Like we're just being real about it. Yeah, I mean it's being honest. I mean yeah. you, you you now have Josh Rosen, 
Yeah, in your second. Well, year. he's not even, and he's not even a starter. In starter no, right now, no. ESPN.com has him listed as a second string quarterback with Ryan Fitzpatrick starting. Yeah, which I mean, how how is that going to play I mean, out? Sixteen games of Ryan Fitzpatrick's up and downs are enough to make gray hair in my that have me have. I mean, more listen, gray hair. I mean, listen, Ryan Fitzpatrick is three quarters of the way to you know starting for every AFC East team. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Mean, he he's going to give you streaks where he's going to look phenomenal, and he's going to give you streaks that he's going to look like, why is he an NFL quarterback? He's going to hello Tampa Bay last year. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, Florida people already saw it last year in Tampa Bay. I mean, yeah. this like, is going to be a performance with less I talent. I have seen it firsthand. Yeah. Yes, and you've seen it firsthand. Yeah. So I will tell you, he's going to give you certain games that, like I said, he's going to look like an all-pro, and then certain games you're going to go – where was he throwing? I say I, I had a buddy last year who drafted him for fantasy and was pulling his hair out weekly because, like Coach said, there were weeks that he looked like he was the best darn quarterback in the NFL, bar none. And then it, you'd turn around and be, it'd be like he's picking up a f- football for the first time. Basically, Miami is playing for Tua or Jake Fromm right now. Yeah, I mean, because you, 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 <laughs> I mean, you look, let's be real. You look at their other starters. I mean, they, yeah, they got Kenyon Drake at running back. Kenny Stills a wide receiver. Devontae Parker a wide receiver. Albert Wilson, and then they picked up Dwayne Allen. But like, you know, okay. Okay, yeah, their names and yeah, they're serviceable. But they got like, weapons, yeah. yeah but, but you got to get somebody to get them the ball. Yeah, you got to get them somebody to get the ball. And like we said, Fitzpatrick, you never know what you're going to get. It's a coin toss at best. And Josh Rosen, you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah, it's just being honest with it. I mean, Rosen, obviously, the divorce from Arizona has not been a good one. Not no, at all. No. no. So he's coming in there with a little chip on his shoulder, and now that he's been beaten out for the position by Fitzpatrick. Yeah, but I mean, well, if you get traded for and. You know, have the idea of I'm going to this team right now to take over and run it when, you know, they let Tannehill go. Mm -hmm. You're thinking, all right, I'm going to come in and be the starter. And then you get beat out by Ryan Fitzpatrick. Not to discredit Fitzpatrick in any shape, way, or form, but let's be honest. honest. Like, if you are being traded for by this team. So, and I mean, that just creates in the front office for Miami a bit of doubt. Mm-hmm. What yeah. you have with him? I mean, luckily they, I think they traded a late round, yeah, they like got, fourth they, round they pick, got him very late. So I mean, that's not a big loss necessarily. And obviously next year, if they do get the first pick in the draft or even second, you know they're going to land a very good quarterback in yeah. one of the two names that I mentioned before. So I mean, they have the weapons in place to at least turn the ship around. They got to get somebody at the helm to do it, though. I mean, there's there, there's nothing but room for improvement. I mean, last year in total team defense, Miami was 29th in the NFL, and then on total team offense, they were 31st in the NFL. Let's just say, Pad, that if my if the New England goes down and loses a game to Miami this year, that's a very bad sign. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Period. I'll, End I'll, of story. Yeah. I don't care if they are 16 and one. They are 15-0 going into that game. If yeah. they lose in Miami this year, yeah. That is very, very, very scary. I'll agree with you there. It'll be very scary, but I will stand by this statement because I say this for every division. Division rivals, I, the bad teams get up, and the good ones, if they're at that stage, if they're like, let's say, for example, Patriots are you know, 10-0 or whatever the case is by the time they play each other. At that stage, if Miami decides to step up and New England kind of takes a little easy because they always struggle in Miami. Listen, if you don't think – the hoodie is thinking about that loss last year. Oh, I'm sure. He right is. now, I mean, we don't got to wait long because uh, Miami travels up to New England week two. Yeah, and then New England doesn't travel down. Or excuse me, no, New England travels down to Miami. I'm reading this wrong because I'm on the Miami okay. Dolphins page on ESPN.com. <laughs> uh, no, uh, my New England travels down to Miami week two. Okay, so they, it's early, get it out of the way, and then week seventeen, Miami travels up to uh, New England. So they're going to have to play New England on December 29th. If they so, aren't thrashing them by halftime of that week two game 
there's cause for concern in New England. I'll say we all remember, or some of us might remember, a couple of years ago where New England played what was it, the Washington Redskins, and had like fifty on them by halftime. And oh and, yeah. And like the conversation on Monday was, was this really necessary? You know, is it running up the score? I think there there's a chance that might happen given Belichick's uh, long memory. I mean, it should be fifty to nothing at halftime of this game. Should be. No way. No. I know division rivals. I've listened. I, I grew up in the NFC East when any team, all four of them could have won the division. Every week it was your palms were sweaty. I'm breaking yeah. stuff over here. Yeah, I'm getting so upset. He's trashing the studio. You're telling right. I'm telling you right now if New England goes to Miami week 2 and loses this game, my New England is not going to the Super Bowl. Lock that down. Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna lock that in. You cannot go on that game on week two with a healthy, fresh team and not put an absolute ass kicking on this team. Mm-hmm. With no, how bad they are. I'm saying they should. They should. But I'm just saying I don't rule it. Like, okay, in the percentage wise, yeah, New England should win this 95. They, they should lock. win, but they've also got a uh, suspect history playing down in Miami. It's the facts. Yeah. So I'm saying I'm, it's not out of the realm of thought. So I'm not saying it's it's going to happen. No, because right. I th- I think New England thrashes them that week. All right, where I, are these teams finishing? Uh, I'm going with New England first, uh, Buffalo second, the Jets third, and then the Dolphins last. I agree. I think the Patriots, this is going to be their final run in the sun because I just think eventually Tom Brady has to fall off. So I think that they do win the AFC East division on this one. I'll say people kept saying that last year. In the, in the, in the video somebody made it keeps popping up on my Facebook, and it makes me smile every time. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, if I'm saying Father Time is going to finally step in, I think now because I just think back to when Peyton was on his role in Denver and he put up that MVP season, right? and then the next season he fell off just – Physically, and just the arm strength wasn't there. I'm, and I'm not saying this is a slight against Brady. Yeah, I mean, I've, I respect Brady. I don't much. I like him as a fan, but I respect that him. Denver animal is a whole nother, right, yeah, whole but, nother beast. But I'm just saying, when Father Time is creeping up, and he is at that age, and it's just saying, eventually it has to happen. Am I saying it's going to happen this season? No, but I think it's going to creep a little more. The TB12 diet is real, yeah. and he will be forever. I mean, he might not retire till he's fifty. That's true. I have, with the way that this diet and exercise program's going for him, I mean, my God. I mean, he could prove me wrong, but I'm, just, <laughs> I'm, I'm not. But like I said, I think they win the division outright this year. Yeah, I think Buffalo will take second place, and I think they're going to be contending for a wild card. Oof. I don't think Oof. I don't think they're going to get the wild card. I, okay. I can see them contending for the wild card, but if they get the wild card, it's going to be some crazy last game shenanigans like it was a couple years ago. Right. No, I, I think that this year Josh Allen and company will show growth. I think I that, think so, too. I, 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 agree I that. really do. And I think that they're going to come out the gate and they might surprise some people early. But I'm saying consistently. I just want to see Josh Allen not hurling defenders because <laughs> he's going to do that one time. And then he's going to go down very, very badly. Mm-hmm. And I will just hope that nobody is recording me when I'm watching that game because if he does, I mean, Matt Barkley is is the second Ooh. string right now, hey. which he has played well. Hey, he's for been them. serviceable. He's been serviceable. Serviceable, but to make a run, no, I, I don't want to. I don't want to roll those dice on that. No, but if, I think if Allen can look the part and play the part, I think they'll be okay. And I think that they've made enough upgrades at the receiving core that they can make a contention. Not saying they're going to win it. Yeah. I, I don't think I think they're going to come up short as much as it pains me to say it. For the Jets, I think they're going to get third by default. Okay. I, th- I think they'll be yeah. I think <laughs> wow. I think that they'll be close with Buffalo, but I I'll be honest, 
Darnold has not shown me enough that I put a lot of faith in him, and I think with Adam Gaze as the head coach, I think that they're not going to gel right away. Uh, they're not going to gel right away, and I think what, what it's ultimately going to come down to is Le'Veon's going to keep him in more games than they should be. Right, I agree there. and I think, But I think eventually that luck runs out. Yeah. Because teams are going to start figuring them out midseason if they don't figure them out early. Le'Veon, if he comes back and he's the Le'Veon of old, they should have a good year. But it all depends on the, his motivation and how he works with that line because Pittsburgh tailored a great chunk of their offense to him. Mm-hmm. Right. The Jets are going to have to do the same, but I don't think the Jets have the same offensive line that Pittsburgh does, in my opinion. No. I think Pittsburgh has a better one. Right. So when you don't have a line, it doesn't matter who's running behind it. If you don't have a line, you're not going to do nothing. But it's not to say that Darnold isn't going to pull off some wins and they're going to contend. I just think they come up just short behind the Bills. And then Miami, you know, it's going to be a long season if you're a Dolphins fan. Uh And there's no way to sugarcoat it. It's going to be rough. As a Bills fan, you know my stance on that (laughs) as a a heated rival. But as You're not shedding any tears. I'm not shedding any tears, but for Miami – they need to find their identity with a new head coach and establish a rebuilding, and they're going to have to do that very quickly. This isn't going to be the season for it, and they're going to have to build through the draft next season, in my opinion. So I think the Dolphins are going to be contended for that number one pick. So I agree with all that, except I'm flipping the Jets and the Bills. How dare you? I, <laughs> You're I, dead to him now. I just I don't know. I, I There's something about this Jets team. That I saw in that early preseason game against the Giants. I know it was week one of preseason, but I saw something. I saw a swagger with that team that we hadn't seen in a while. And I now not to say that it's gonna be like, you know, the Jets are gonna finish nine and seven, the Bills are gonna finish four and twelve. Right. Not at all. I mean, I literally think it might be the Jets are nine and seven and the Bills are eight and eight. Yes, this yeah. division is on the rise, minus yeah. Miami. Yeah, I agree with you. I, yeah. That's why I said I think the I think the Jets are going to get third by default because I see it happening like that. Bills, yeah, I mean, Jets it, eight eight. it literally. I mean, they both might even finish nine and seven. Honestly, I mean, it's realistic. But so uh, this division's on the rise. I mean, obviously, it's the Patriots to lose. Let's face it; it is what it is. Uh, but I just I think that there's something about the Jets right now that I like, and I think the Bills are right there. I honestly think that you know whenever Tom Brady steps down, this is going to be a two team race to see who's going to win the division every year, Yeah, especially with the two young quarterbacks that are there. Yeah, I definitely have to agree. I mean, it's going to be fun to watch this season. I mean, I'm super excited, not just because it's my team, but like you hit the nail right on the head. I think the AFC East is on the rise, and I think the Patriots are eventually going to come back to earth, but this season might not be the one. But it's going to be kind of interesting to watch, so I'm definitely excited for that. But let us know what you think. Hit us up on that hashtag, hashtag ODPH. What's your thoughts on the AFC East this season? We definitely want to know. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. What's up, nerds? I'm Rich. And I'm Derek. And we are two-thirds of the Three Fat Nerds podcast. But we'd like to take a minute of your time to kind of tell you what we do. Uh, So we have two shows on one channel every week. Derek, what's our first show? Every Monday night, we record Three Fat Nerds. That's our flagship show where we talk about everything, movies, comic books, and gaming. And then, of course, every Thursday evening, we record 3FNW, which is Three Fat Nerds Wrestling. And there, we talk about pro wrestling. 
where we do reviews of pay-per-views and talk about shows and the news and give our opinions on everything pro wrestling. You can find our podcast by searching Three Fat Nerds in any podcast provider, and bam, we're right there, and you can go ahead and subscribe, or you can visit our website, 8122productions.com, and you can stream and download from there, as well as check out other things we have going on. Now, we're going to send it back over to Ken M. and the ODPH. back for another segment on this edition of the ODPH and we are giving you our NFL season preview taking a trip down south because mm-hmm. we're going to break down the AFC South. Coach, why don't you kick us off? So in last year's re- finishing uh, finish for this division, we had the Houston Texans in first place. Mm-hmm. We had the Indianapolis Colts finishing in second. We had the Tennessee Titans finishing in third and last year bringing up the rear shockingly was the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, I think we need to bring up some history. Didn't yes, the we do. What, what was it the Jacksonville Jaguars specifically? What was it Jalen Ramsey Jalen Ramsey decided to get on a GQ interview and decided to call out every quarterback in the league mm-hmm. and basically call his shot. So which we're going to go undefeated. I like their swagger. I picked them to win. Yeah, uh, I they was fi- wrong. They finished 5-11. and 11. Yeah, that, was, that blew up in my and, face. And was uh, basically... With uh, the New York Jets and then the Oakland Raiders tying for last place, uh, that left the Jacksonville Jaguars with finishing in second to last place. No, real gross. Mm-hmm. Real bad. Yeah. That, that blew up in a lot of people's faces. A little bit. A lot of people liked them. Well, you, it all lived and died on Blake Bortles. Mm-hmm. And that was going to be the issue, as we said, going <laughs> What in. a mistake that was. Well, well you know what? He came off the previous season, and everybody thought it finally clicked in, and it was going to be the turnaround that Jacksonville needed. Because, I mean, their defense is solid, and their yeah. defense is going to be where their defense is going to be. Jalen Ramsey is an all-pro. You know, love him or hate him, it's he he's going to ball out. And that defense steps up, and they're a nasty defense. Offensively, that is going to be the biggest question mark going. They did make the big splash and got Nick Folds out of Philadelphia. Big mm-hmm. deal. Which big is signing. Huge. Mm-hmm. But after that, it all depends on Leonard Fournette. What condition is he going to be in this yeah. year? Yeah, and he's going to be the sole. I mean, no more T.J. Yeldon either. No, no. I mean, sole running back. I'll there. say listed uh, so the second string running back they have listed there is Alfred Blue, formerly of the Houston Texans, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yep. So at that stage, he's going to live and die on him. Yeah, and he's literally going to be their offense. I mean, they do have their wide receiver cores coming back. I mean, D.D. Westbrook is there. Marquise Lee, I believe, is finally back from his uh, leg injury from the year prior. Yep. So where they're going to kind of connect and how fast they gel with folds is going to be another big, big question mark. So it's ultimately going to rely on Fournette to establish that run game and give folds enough time to work with his receivers. Is this going to be enough to get him over the hump? That's the question that with is this team. the biggest thing. I mean, obviously, Foles came in in spot duty for once last two years mm-hmm. and played very, very well. So yeah. now it's going to be interesting to see what he does for an entire body of work over a 16-game season and what that means for him as far as the demand on his body. I mean, it's a lot different coming in in Week 12 with a team that's you know 6-6 six and six versus coming into a team that you got to play from Week 1 to Week 16. Yeah, I mean, 17. it all depends if he can handle that workload now again. Because, exactly. be- because before, where did he go? That would be the St. Louis Rams. Keyword St. Louis. This was back in 2015 when they were still in St. Louis. And it felt good to say it. Yeah. Right. So we don't know how Fultz is going to handle being the captain of the ship, so to speak, on this on this, because he had the nice uh, playoff with Wentz, and yeah. when the situation in Philly worked out to be yeah. in his favor. Yeah, it worked a lot. out well for him. Yeah, so and he had a really good you know line around him, and he had a really good receiving core and running back and everything, but he had everything going for him. 
very, very good wide receiver core. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. So now we're going to have to see what happens there in Jacksonville. But they're going to have st- stiff competition. I mean, taking a look at the rest of the league in there. Yeah, I mean, I know I mentioned the wide receiver core. I cannot, I'd be remiss from Philly fans if I didn't mention Zach Ertz also there. Yes. Also held very much in, in Philly. But, I mean, like you said, it, you know, yeah, he's good. Yeah, he won a Super Bowl for Philly. But what are you going to get out of Jacksonville? I mean, yeah, Leonard Fournette is good. But is he going to hold up? Is he going to stay healthy? You know, Marquise Lee is coming back from the leg injury. Leg injuries are a funny thing. You know, it's it's like in a lot of sports. You know, we talk about it with Kevin Durant and the NBA. What's he going to come back like? We don't know. You know, D.D. Westbrook, can he repeat his success of last year? I mean, their starting tight end is listed as Jeff Swaim, you know, and then they've got Dimitri Flowers listed as their fullback. I mean, no one's exactly jumping out to me in fantasy football drafts going, I got to get him now. Well, I mean, I'll tell you, I mean, talking about a guy, you know, who's injured often, uh, Andrew Luck. Yeah. You, know, you talk about a guy right now with a team in Indianapolis that is right there. If, yeah, I mean, if we're t- sitting here talking about Jacksonville and the improvement that they've made, I mean, the Colts were a very good team, and that was even without Andrew Luck playing the entire year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, imagine uh, an entire year if he can stay healthy, which already right now there's already signs of him being injured, obviously held out the preseason, yeah. which is a no-brainer at this point with his history. But what is he going to be like? Is he going to be able to play the entire year? To me, that's the biggest question mark of this division because if he plays – yeah. And they ride the shoulders of Quentin Nelson to the promised land of winning this division, mm-hmm. which you can because that man has broad shoulders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm just kidding. He's a guard. No, that doesn't matter. But anyway, <laughs> if they can you know, play well and, and Andrew Luck can play well, this is a team that you have to like to win the division. I mean, yeah, the biggest thing is his health, because as we sit here recording, the latest update we have, courtesy of Mike Wells from ESPN.com, uh, says that week, you know, he's really his odds of playing week one at the Los Angeles Chargers have decreased when Coach Frank Reich announced Tuesday that he will not be at practice this week. Quote, really no further updates. All we have right now is a combination of full speed movement and pain threshold. Close quote. So, I mean, we're sitting here. We're through what? Two weeks in the preseason. We're coming up on week three. This is when you really start seeing your starters get more and more playtime, more and more reps, where you really should be starting to look at some of your game plan and your plays you're going to be using throughout the season, and your starting quarterback isn't practiced, hasn't played at all. He's not playing week one. No, Luck will not be playing week one. And if he's not in that lineup, I mean, they do have Jacoby Brissett, mm-hmm. who played well. Yeah, right. He's serviceable. He, But he's serviceable. But like, he's not going to win you the division. No, no he's not no, going to win that division. No. And if Luck's not ready to go and he's out for an extended period of time, the cold season is not going to go well, in no. my opinion. Like, I think Brissett snuck up on a lot of people last season and really outplayed himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had a couple games where he played very well, and he had a couple games where he played pretty bad. Yeah. So, I mean, it's all about what you know Brissett you're going to get. Are you going to get the one that's going to play very well, or are you going to get the bad one? Well, the first two games are going to mean a whole lot for them coming out the gate because we know how big divisional games are and how how much they mean down the road at the end of the season. Week one, they're, they play play the Chargers in Los Angeles. Uh, week two, they play the Titans in Tennessee. So coming out the gate right out the bat, you got two divisional games. I mean, it might be 0-2. Yeah, that's very true. And then week three, they go and play Atlanta and then Oakland, Oakland and then Kansas City. So one and four. Potentially. It's potential. <laughs> I mean, it's just being honest about that's, it. That's an uphill battle. Because, I mean, you're going to have Marlon Mack as their starting running back. T.Y. Hilton, you know what you're getting out of him. Eric Ebron, mm-hmm. who had a monster year last year yeah. out of nowhere, getting out of Detroit. Might have been the best thing for him because he actually looked like a whole new player. I mean, yeah. he looked like the tight end that was coming out of Miami that I was like, my God, this guy's an animal. Right. Mm-hmm. So can he re- repeat that success, especially if Luck's not in that lineup? Hard to say. 
to be honest. But I mean, his best games were with Luck in the lineup. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. that tells you right there. Yeah, so if he's not coming out the gates, you know, blazing – this could be a very long season for the Colts. Yeah. yeah. It's it's just what it is. Well, I mean, as a Colt fan, if I'm sitting here and I'm like hedging my bet on the fact that my season literally rides on the bum shoulder of my quarterback, I am very, very worried. Yeah. Because any hit, any hit where he gets, I mean, even not pile drive, but kind of rid to the ground, he could land on that shoulder wrong and be done. Oh, so yeah, you could have a situation where a defensive end or a linebacker comes running at him, hits him right after right after he throws, and you know just oh for, more forward momentum or whatever knocks him to the ground. If he goes down the wrong way and extends his hand, uh, you're yeah, in trouble. I, I mean, I'm even thinking about the one where he comes and maybe he's turning and his head just dips down. That shoulder just goes spikes right in the ground. That's the kind yeah. of hit that I'm thinking about that will definitely dislocate your shoulder. Yeah, yeah. and if that happens, it's going to be a short season for the Colts. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I mean, obviously, now we got Houston here, a team that's also on the rise. Deshaun Watson, obviously, coming off of an injury as well. It's going to be interesting to see how he comes back from that. Yeah. Now this is another year with another injury. Wide receiver-wise, I mean, they probably have the best wide receivers in all of the AFC South. Yeah. Will Fuller coming back from an injury. Uh, Hopkins, that guy, heard of him. I mean, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, The defense, J.J. Watt anchoring that defense. You know, no real big losses as far as, you know, players that were really contributing. Obviously, Demarius Thomas had a very, very brief stint before he was let go and then obviously found in New England. So, I mean – I, I personally I like this team. I like yeah. him I like him if they can stay healthy. I mean Hopkins is like you said, he might be the best wide receiver in the entire league. Yeah, I mean a lot rides on Watson's shoulders. But yeah, yeah I, I mean, mean that's it, huge. It all goes through Watson. Yeah. If Watson can stay healthy and this team can make a deep run into the playoffs, even Super Bowl. I'll even go that far. Yeah. It just, I mean they're but, a contender. Why they're, not? They're a contender, but like like I can't stress enough. If Deshaun Watson is not in that lineup, they're done. No. You want to talk about teams that live and die on their quarterbacks. Yeah. This is one. That defense, J.J. Watt, if he can stay healthy for an entire season, too. They just can't have him run more than 10 times a game. He's not Lamar Jackson. No. No. You know, you can't rely on him to contribute in the running game like that, like they year, did in years past. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he has to slide. you got to go down. No, yeah, it's like you said. You know, they're living and dying, much like uh, Indianapolis is with Andrew Luck. You yeah. know, Houston is very much living and dying by their their quarterback you know, with Deshaun Watson because currently A.J. McCarron is listed as their second-string quarterback with Joe Webb as their third-string quarterback. Like, okay, if Deshaun Watson goes down, you got to give me a coin because I have no – God darn clue who's going to win this division. Yeah, Webb Web could, well, even Webb could hop McCarron to get the yeah. job, depending on what kind of offense they look to run. I mean, look what happened last year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, they that, fell apart. They unraveled. They unraveled. Unraveled towards the stretch. Yeah, they mm-hmm. went from 0 to 100 in a real hurry. Which is really interesting because, I mean, you talk about, again, uh, with a team that if their quarterback just doesn't lose you the game, they can easily win the division with their defense yeah. alone. But they just can't afford to have their quarterback lose games for them. And yeah. I don't know if McCarron or Webb is that guy. Right. That's it's gonna be a really interesting story to watch because if Watson can carry him through and if he can actually learn, you know, to go down and not have to run so much and mm-hmm. just really transition into a pocket quarterback. If that's just maybe not so much a full transition, but just yeah, lessen on the running plays just because you know that Yeah, it doesn't need comes, to be a traditional drop back. Yeah, yeah. You know it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't just, need to. Just just know enough to scramble, but know enough to go down when you need to go down. Maybe mm-hmm. less read options. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, Maybe. just a few. Maybe. I think so. And then, I mean, rounding out this division, you got Tennessee. Yeah, and I mean, looking over their, you know, losses and additions, 
nothing really stands out for either end. I mean, bringing in Ryan Tannehill now to back up Mariota, um, I mean, that doesn't push the needle for me. And no. Their losses, though, Luke Stalker at tight end and then Brian Arakpo as your defensive end outside linebacker, Yeah, big loss because Arakpo, Arakpo can still big. go. Arakpo's big. I mean, this is a team, though, like if, if we get some bizarro you know timeline where – Mar, uh, Deshaun Watson goes down. Andrew Luck goes down. I could easily see Tennessee sneaking through. It's it's going to be a you know a, a knockdown dragout fight in the division for who's going to come out of it. But I can see Tennessee sneaking through this if 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 Deshaun Watson and Andrew Luck go down. Yeah, I mean they have a, I mean, and that's also obviously Jacksonville would still be right there. But yeah, they have an outside chance if those you know magical things occur. But that's it. If it, and here's the thing: last year, if it wasn't for like a, a few early losses, they would have been right there contending for the division. The one thing you have to know about Tennessee is Tennessee is not flashy. No. Tennessee is not going to catch you uh, with like huge star players. The one thing they're going to do is grind out wins and grind out losses because they don't they're not flashy. No. They're going to just get bare known, bare bones, knuckles just fight you to the bitter end. Well, so yeah. Just for some reference, uh, week one in the preseason, they defeated Philly 27-10, to and then they lost to New England in week two, 22-17. Like, it's not blowouts. They're close. They're close in almost every game. You don't really seem to get blown out. And it all depends on Mariota, if he can stay healthy. I mean, we talked about another quarterback there. Depending on what you're going to get out of him, I mean, I'm yeah. not, I'm not fully sold on him that he's going to be the guy anymore. Just he, he has, just well, the long, he he's too injury prone. Yeah, that's yeah. The, that's, that's the problem. The yeah, and with well, he's t- another guy who takes too many hits too. Yeah. that's the other thing. They don't keep him upright, and yeah. if you're taking that many hits, you usually have a short career. Right, and just for some reference, a week uh, for the Houston Texans, some of their early games, they uh, open at New Orleans in, on Monday Night Football. Uh, they play Jacksonville in Week 2, Chargers in Week 3, and Carolina in Week 4. The Titans open against Cleveland uh, in Week 1. Uh, they play the Titans in, or excuse me, the Colts in Week 2, Jaguars in Week 3, and the Falcons in Week 4. And then the Colts open against the Chargers in Week 1, Titans in Week 2, Falcons in Week 3, and the Raiders in Week 4. So let's. So have, I mean, that could be one and four, two and two, and one and four. <laughs> Knockdown, dragout fight. Yeah, it, it can be wide open on this one. So, coach, why don't you break down who's your division picks? All right. So I have uh, banking on Deshaun Watson staying healthy. I've got uh, Houston finishing in first. Okay. I have Jacksonville finishing in second and winning my wild card. One okay. of them, mind you. Uh, then I'm going to go with Tennessee finishing third, and then rounding out the rear is the Colts because I just I don't think luck is going to stay in the entire year. Head? Uh yeah, like I said, I'm gonna I'll, I'm gonna go with coach. Assuming Deshaun Watson stays healthy for the entire year, Houston's gonna win out the division. But if he doesn't, like I said, Lord knows what's gonna happen with this division. Uh, I'm gonna go with Tennessee finishing second in the division. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Jacksonville Jaguars finishing third, just because yes, Nick Nick Foles is a very good quarterback. I'm I, you know I'm not gonna crap on the guy. He won a Super Bowl, but just with the parts he's got around him, not really sure what I'm gonna get out of him. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Hey. Uh, and then finishing out in the fourth position is in, in the Indianapolis Colts, just because the entire talk the offseason has been, you know, the injuries with Andrew Luck and will he or won't he be ready for week one. If, if we're at this point, he's not going to be ready for week one, and we're going to be pushing into a few weeks. I have to agree about Houston. I think Deshaun Watson is going to make that transition. I think that he's going to carry them and make a deep run. Mm-hmm. I think that they're probably the easiest pick to take this division outright. They have too much talent on both sides of the ball. No question about that. Looking at the rest of the division. 
I think Jacksonville is going to get that wild card too. Hey, I have to agree with you, Coach. I think Nick Folds is going to give some stability to that team that they haven't seen in since what Mark Brunell. At least <laughs> I'm, I'm going to throw it out there. I'm going back. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm digging Steve Young 2.0. Exactly. Ooh. I think he's going to give him enough stability, and I think Leonard Fournette is going to show improvement. Now, how much improvement to be determined? But I think we're going to see a different Leonard Fournette on this field. Can he stay healthy and be the workhorse back the entire season? I don't know. He might miss a game or two, but that's not going to be as important as right. You know, if Nick Foles misses a game or yeah, two. If you know? Foles, yeah, if Foles, I'm hoping there's no injuries for this because I really want to see him get his fair shake. He's shown yeah. so much improvement since he returned to Philly from St. Louis and his brief stint in Kansas City. He is now in a position where it's his team. Uh-huh. You have weapons. They're going to fly under the radar, which I think is even better to him because if he can turn this around and he can make something happen here for Jacksonville – He's got the defense, so keep him in every game. And he does perform best when people are kind of counting him out and not really hedging bets with him. You know, I mean, look at the year they won the Super Bowl and Wentz went down. Everybody wrote that team off. Yeah. So this is, I think, his year to make a run. I think they do get the wild card. Where they go from there, it really depends on how they match up. So I I can't give a prediction uh, further than that. We'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. Looking at the rest of the division, I mean, you can honestly give me a coin flip. <laughs> I, I'm being honest. Yeah, Andrew Luck not in Indy. That's a whole different team. Yeah, I and, just and, I know it's terrible to think that way, but you just it's realistic. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's you, honest. Yeah, I mean, you honestly cannot sit here and not talk about his injuries. Yeah, yeah, because they're there and they're very, very, you know, on the forefront. I think on of the Colts fans. Yeah, you know, I mean. I just—it's crazy to me that you have to sit here and you gotta be like, "Yeah, I don't think Andrew Luck's gonna play the entire year, so they're not gonna win the division." Right. So you you legitimately have to think, okay, can this team really make a run without Luck, and can Brissett be the guy? Uh, no. Yeah, and I just I don't see enough offensive weapons on that side of the ball there that I think that they can make it work without Luck to make a deep run. Yeah. I, I just I'm sorry, I don't. And then looking at Tennessee, they have Derrick Henry, and that's great. But after that, with one with one one performance of yeah. Derrick Henry, I yeah. mean, God, yeah. Like I said, I'm not really sold on him being the guy that's going to turn that franchise around. I think he, he's an adequate running back, sure, but enough to really carry this team and and really put up some points. Like I, I mean, said, if you t- like third and seven, he's a great running back. Yeah, you know. But for Tennessee, I just they're going to scrap. I mean, like I say, they will grind out wins. They'll grind out losses. It's not an easy win to beat them and it's not going to be easy for them to win. <laughs> I know I'm kind of going backtracking here, but this is what I'm saying. I uh, know. I mean, it's but, the truth, but it's, but it's the truth. And I said, Mariota doesn't scare me as a quarterback. And even if he goes down Tannehill, I think is in a better position to win in Tennessee than he was in Miami. Mm-hmm. But is he going to be the guy to get him over the hump? No. I mean, he has better weapons in Miami. He might have better weapons, but he has a better running game to take some balance off. Yeah. Well, so, hey, listen. I mean, they had some running backs with Tannehill, JJ, uh, Frank Gore. I mean, they had some guys who could run the ball. They they had a few guys. Yeah. But I think, but by that time, I mean, Gore was coming off what San Francisco and he's. I mean, he's in Buffalo right now. You're gonna tell is, me that you're not looking forward to seeing him run the ball out there? I think he's at that age in his career. He'll be he'll be he'll give some guidance and he'll be somebody on third down to really make some moves. Yeah. But are you saying he's the same guy that he was in Frisco? I, I mean, yeah. absolutely not. Yeah, but yeah. I'm saying he was pretty. 
damn serviceable in Miami. He was serviceable, but like I said, was I mean, it, was he, it a, what? He had like three or four hundred yard games at like thirty five years old and two ACL injuries. I'll, I'll give you a, he, no. He, Gore can play. I'll give you that. I'm Derrick Henry had one ninety nine uh, one hundred yard rush games, and it was because he had a ninety nine yard run against Washington. Right. But what I'm saying is, I think at this stage, I think. Tannehill has a better running game. Okay. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I mean, agree to, to disagree. disagree. Yes. We all don't need to get along here on the yeah, panel. I mean, listen, you already followed all of my picks in our fantasy league, so we'll disagree on this one thing. Oh, yeah, we could disagree about this. Since we'd be synced down everything else. I know, it's scary. But definitely hit us up on that hashtag, hashtag ODPH. What's your thoughts on the AFC South? We're going to take a quick break and come back and talk a little AFC North. Hey, this is Vince, the Cowan Man Toy, local MMA fighter, telling you to keep on listening to the ODPH, the 607's up-and-coming newest podcast. Coming back for another segment on this edition of the OTPH podcast, giving you our NFL preview, and we have to talk the AFC North. Dare I say mm-hmm. the most polarizing division in all the land? Yeah. I mean, right now, yeah. Yeah. You have to look at it. There's a lot of shakeup. Dare I say a possible changing of the guard, per se? Uh, I'm, yeah, I'd say so. Because the Question hi- mark. Because the team that has made the most hype, well, hold on. Season. Before we get there, oh, okay. let's go with who finished where, and then we can go into how great Cleveland will be this year, okay? <laughs> so last year we finished with the Baltimore Ravens finishing first out of freaking nowhere. Yeah. Who saw that coming? Yeah. Cleveland and uh, then Pittsburgh, actually. I'm sorry. Pittsburgh with that 9-6-1 and one ugly, ugly record. Yep. Then bringing up third was, go ahead, Ken. The mighty, mighty Cleveland Browns. <laughs> And then rounding up fourth place was the Cincinnati Lonely Bengals. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Ken. Please explain to us how great Cleveland will be this year. Okay. So this <laughs> is where we're going to go with. Cleveland, if they actually had a kicker, probably would have made the playoffs last year. Absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Dare I say, they they grinded out some wins that arguably they shouldn't have had. Yeah. But as we discussed on last year's draft preview and post show, Baker Mayfield was the guy. Near and dear. They needed. And everybody was like, well, I don't know if he'll make it. Everybody should say you should oh, take yeah, Sam Darnold. Too soft. I mean, listen, we got to give the guy his due. He got the entire city free beer. He <sighs> is one of those charismatic, polarizing, polarizing people that you either love him or you absolutely hate him. And he rallies that fan base up. Yeah. See, I don't know. I'm kind of neutral on the guy. Like, I don't love him. I don't hate him. He's a good quarterback. I mean, I love him. I, I think absolutely. The, the moxie. I mean, we've gone we've gone over my yeah. man crush on him many of times. Yeah. I, I mean, he's tremendous. Yeah. And he does have a little one. And especially <laughs> for the void that LeBron left. I know we're yeah. talking different sports. Right, but sure. But for a team that needed an identity as well as a city. Yes, yeah. Something to root for. Baker has embraced the city. He wasn't complaining that, oh, I'm in Cleveland. When everybody was trying to get out, he was like, get me in there. He's like, I'm buying in. Yeah. And you know, let, he, quote, unquote, let's freaking go. And then, yeah, he is the guy that came in and changed the culture of the Browns. And the mustache. 
that he has right now is oh, yeah. fantastic. Yeah, that's on point. But I gotta you, give him that. But are you even think about this? I mean, GM John Dorsey oh, has been the next architect level. Yeah, if you want to talk about people playing che- checkers and he's playing chess. <sighs> He is on some light year stuff. I mean, I mean, you look at where he came from, though, in regards to that. And I'm not sure changing him or anything. I mean, that's just that's a, that's a credit to where he came from. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sure. So thinking of that, though, and Pat, where did he come from? Uh, New England. Yes. So I'll, I will let you give your Patriots shout out there. Hey, I mean, but listen, this guy's true. building a franchise. He's yeah. not building a team. He's building a franchise. Yeah. yeah. And he, he, he's thinking long term. He's not thinking let's win right now. He's thinking let's win for the next decade. Yeah. And he's put the pieces in place because I will even take this and coach. I, I know I'm going to mention something that you don't want to hear. Oh, but mm, I'm going to say la. the fact that Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> ah, why was ro- it was robbery. Stop throwing things wound up going to Cleveland, and he wasn't complaining. Like, let's just say this. The stigma that you're going to the Browns and your season is done is gone Yeah, because of Baker and the the job that team has done rallying around him. So to say that you had somebody that was a star player in New York that, you know, was true blue through and through. Hey, let's be real here. That trade was highway robbery. Oh, I'll give you. To give up a first round and a third round for him, Come on. I mean, That's a yeah. no-brainer. I mean, you you think back to not even that long ago, five years ago, four years ago, three years ago, going to Cleveland was like a, it was like putting you out to pasture. Like, thanks for playing. Go have well, fun and miss the playoffs every year. But like you said, Baker and everyone in that team in that front office has changed the culture. Well, and that's why I loved Odell. I, I loved Odell's comments the other day when he said that the Giants traded him out there to die. Yeah. Say it. Wear that chip on your shoulder, and I know you know. I, you know, I'm on this Giants page on Facebook, and the, every, all the oh, tell your cry baby, why are you even bringing up the Giants? Because you, they traded you to play with your best friend. That you got the one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. No, wear that chip on your shoulder. Take that and own that, because you went from one of the media capitals of the world to this lonely town in Cleveland, where they haven't been in the playoffs in 17 years. Yeah. They came close last year, but still didn't make it, because at Cleveland, and stuff happens, and they end yeah. up falling apart. Yeah. And, you know, you go there, and you say, oh, no, they traded me here to die, and I'm going to prove them wrong. Have that chip, wear that chip, because you know who has that chip with you? Your damn quarterback does. Mm-hmm. And you know what wouldn't surprise me is, like you said, he's got that chip on his shoulder. He wants to go out and prove not only the entire Giants front office, but every, well, I won't say every, most Giants fans wrong. I would not be surprised if he goes out and has a career year. I'm not doubting it, but I'm I'm hedging my bets a little bit. Sure. Because I am not fully buying in and saying, okay, pencil them into the Super Bowl. Right, no. By Everything that Agreed. they've set up, Agreed. everything they've set up, they're a team that has a lot of hype behind them because on paper, they look the part. On yeah. paper, they look like the best team in the NFL. Without yeah. question. Nick Chubb is one of the most underrated running backs I agreed. coming in. And obviously, adding Kareem Hunt, and we don't know what that mix is going to be. And whatever it is, it is. But, I mean, adding him to the mix. Well, don't forget they got Duke Johnson, too. Yeah. No, Duke Johnson got traded. Traded in oh, Houston. Okay. He's in Houston now. But whatever. I mean, either way, though. I mean, they, they, they Chubbs, Hunt, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry. Ndoku. Ndoku and Baker Mayfield. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wrap your head around that. And then you talk about the defensive side of the ball, mm-hmm. where they got Olivier Vernon yep. in that trade with the Giants, who... Obviously, you know, played by himself last year. He didn't have anybody else on the other end to help not get him double teamed. And now you're playing with one of the best defensive ends in Cleveland in the NFL. Yeah, with yeah. Miles Garrett. Uh, Miles Garrett. I mean, 
you're going to now. All right, let Miles Garrett get all the focus because Olivier Vernon's going to make the Pro Bowl this year, mm-hmm. probably. Oh, without question. If everything falls the Browns' way, and like I say, as far as of right now, as we are recording, it has. Yeah. If they can continue this, no major injuries and no complete, you know, internal bust up. Sure. Like if they come out the gate and let's say they're two and two. Sure. I think they'll be okay. If they start out one and three, not saying they're going to, but let's just say hypothetical. This is where you're going to kind of see how is Odell going to handle it? How is Baker going to handle it? I think they'll be fine. Like, I think Baker is going to rally that team that I, I think, think be one okay. and three is not a big deal. I think if they're like going into their bye week and they're like, whenever that bye week is and they're one in five or two in five, mm-hmm. then that's an issue. I got their schedule up here. Uh, the yeah. Cleveland Browns open up against the Tennessee Titans. W. Uh, they go into the Jets and play them week two. Ooh, okay. Uh, week three, they play the Rams at home. Uh, week four, they, they travel to Baltimore. Week five, they travel to San Francisco. Week six, they play Seattle at home, and then they have a bye week in week seven. So, so exactly. If they go in two and five to that bye week, then I think you got cause for concern. But if they're, you know, three and four or, you know, the vice versa of that four and three, yeah, because, you got nothing to worry about. Because the biggest issue is right now everybody is crowning them. That they're going to run away with the NFL. No, oh, for sure. No. Well, like, yes, they're oh. yes they're doing that, yeah. but I don't agree <laughs> with it. Yeah, I don't agree with it. With you can't yeah. forget they got a first time head coach. That's the mm-hmm. other thing that people nobody nobody's talking about. They, you have a first time head coach coming in and now stepping into coaching. This is like when Eric Sprolstra came in, and I know we're talking another sport, but this is when he came in and coached the Big Three in yeah. Miami, yeah. and it was all of a sudden like. Who the hell is this guy coming in to coach this team? And, and, and Cleveland coming out of the bye week doesn't have it any easier. They travel to New England week 8, <sighs> Denver week 9, Buffalo week 10, Pittsburgh week 11, Miami week 12. Uh, they Then they go to Pittsburgh in week 13. That week 8 game's got a lot riding on it. Uh-huh. That will tell you where they are as far as being a, um, you know, a, a Super Bowl team. Competitive, competitive team. I'll say, when does the Sunday Night Football flexing start? What week? Week seven. Week seven. Yeah, that's week eight. That it currently is listed as a four twenty five game on CBS. I would not be surprised if that gets flexed into Sunday night based on how the season goes. I wouldn't doubt it, but I'll tell you what: the game I have circled as the litmus test is week four. Yeah, them at Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. because well, no, uh, no, no. I still, I still do because Baltimore. Like, listen, Lamar Jackson. Fantastic segue, ladies and gentlemen. You're, I know. <laughs> that's why we get paid the big bucks here on the ODPH. <laughs> But this is what I'm saying. With Lamar Jackson, he is going to come in there. It's now his team. Joe Flacco mm-hmm. is in sure. Denver. And so, so what you're saying is Robert Griffin isn't going to make a run at the starting job. Right. This is definitely his team. And John Harbaugh is still steering that ship. Uh-huh. They still have a nasty, nasty defense. Yeah, that is true. If there's one consistent thing about the Baltimore Ravens, you know their, their record might not be consistent, but darn it, that defense is. Let me remind you of one thing from last year with that team. Okay. Los Angeles Chargers divisional round playoffs. Mm. Mm. Lamar Jackson won for like infinity. That's, yeah. that, that's true. <laughs> With 13 yards. Yeah. That's that, that very true. Pretty, pretty bad on yeah. the last time I checked. But yeah. but he does have some weapons, so we'll, we'll see what growth he has. But I'm saying, but this is I where mean, they got Miles Boykin, who was my sleeper in the draft, mind you. I mm-hmm. had said that, and they love him out but, of training camp. But that's not enough. I'll say he's got some decent targets, too. I mean, he's got Mark Ingram at the running back, Willie Sneed at wide receiver, Marquise Brown at wide receiver, and then he's got Mark Andrews at tight end. Mark Ingram is good for 
vulturing uh, tight end uh, touchdowns from your number one running back. <laughs> That's what Mark Ingram's good at. <laughs> so at the end of the day, that doesn't worry me. No, they still have Kenneth Dixon on there too. If Dixon can stay healthy, I mean, it should be a, a serviceable one-two. I yeah. like their defense, but the problem is, and, and again, we go back to this, quarterbacks – when you have a defense like Baltimore does, quarterbacks need to win you games, not lose them. And Lamar Jackson, as great as a talent and as versatile as he is, mm-hmm. can lose you games. Yeah, I mean, well, they don't exactly have the toughest test out of the gate in Week 1. They're traveling to Miami in Week 1. Week 2, they play the Cardinals at home. And then Week 3, they play Kansas City in Kansas City before welcoming the Cleveland Browns uh, to Baltimore. Yeah, I think I, I think that Baltimore can be very, very good. And could be a team that pushes Cleveland, but I still give the nod to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. No, they're going to be serviceable, and that that rivalry is very, very, you know, intense between Baltimore and Cleveland. Like, yeah. it, it, granted, it's not Baltimore and Pittsburgh no. that's been of recent years, but <laughs> Baltimore is going to be serviceable enough. And then with Pittsburgh, as we're going to segue to that, <laughs> whoa, bam, hitting you with them. Whoa. Pittsburgh, dare I say is going to have the biggest sigh of relief of any team this season. Pittsburgh is going to be like that team that, you know, from a mar- bad marriage that just got a really nice divorce settlement. Yeah. That's so what Pittsburgh is going to be, baby. They already got that sigh of relief going right now. Oh, they do, but it's going to carry through in the season. I think yeah. I think you can say what you will about the offseason, but now that they're going to be back to Pittsburgh football. Mm-hmm. You know, Stella got her groove back. It's going to be the Steelers got their groove back. Yeah. Mm. This is going to be Roethlisberger's team. Without the distractions of Antonio Brown. A full With, slate of James Conner. Yeah, a full slate of James Conner taking the running back position away from Le'Veon Bell. No question. Who, who took his ball and went to went to New York with it. Yeah. And then you take a look. All right, Juju Schuster-Smith, or Smith-Schuster, rather, I'm sorry. He is now going to be the number one guy there. Right. I mean, yeah. We, <laughs> he's he's going to be the number one guy, but at the same token... You know, whoever is there at the at the other starting wide receiver position is going to have to step up because, as it stands right now, early in the season, Juju is going to get those double teams, and so the other guys are going to have to step up and, and ball out just to kind of alleviate some of the burden and go. Okay, listen, we can't double Juju all game. These other receivers are burning us. Well, they have Dante Moncrief, who I mean, he's he's a he's a decent number two. Yeah, uh, and, yeah. I mean, he's and, serviceable number two, especially yeah. with big, uh, with a uh, very good quarterback in Big Ben. Mm-hmm. Right. We'll be all right. Yeah, and they have uh, James Washington too, who he looked good in the preseason. Yeah, so they do have weapons. I mean, Pittsburgh is one of those teams like the Patriots that can find talent out of nowhere, plug and go. And That's all it is. And their wins aren't pretty, but their wins. No, their wins. So you have to think about that when you're facing them, and they still, in my opinion, are solid on both sides of the balls. And mm-hmm. they're, and I think that they're going to contend. And for Cleveland, I know everybody says you know are already penciling them in for the Super Bowl. You have to get through Pittsburgh too. I mean, to be the man, you got you got to beat the man. Yeah, Rick Pitt- Flair says. Yeah, Pittsburgh's first month of the season is real interesting. Of course, they open against in New England on Sunday Night Football in Week One. Week Two, they play Seattle at home. Week Three, they travel to San Francisco, and then Week Four, they play Cincinnati at home. Yeah, so Pittsburgh, they have a chance. I mean, they are one of the elite teams, and I still, yeah, yeah. I still think. Even though they lost AB and even though they lost Le'Veon Bell, they're going to be fine. I'm telling you, it's it's literally it's a, a divorcee coming off of a bad divorce, just f- with freedom now. Yeah, mm. they're going to come out playing so loose and so relaxed. This is going to be a Pittsburgh team that you know, like 2014, that went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. like that's the kind of Pittsburgh team that you're going to see. Yeah, and I think if you're a Pittsburgh fan, you have to be ecstatic about the season. Oh, for like, you, sure. you have to be chomping at the bit. The lack of distractions is definitely going to play a big part into how good they are this because year. Because you don't see that on Pittsburgh, you see that more on Cincinnati. 
than you do on Pittsburgh. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. And <laughs> if we're going to look at that team, I mean, they are now going through a new era with a new head coach. For no the more. First time in 17 billion years. Yeah. That's what it feels like. Marvin Lewis <laughs> is no longer My God. head coach. So now you still have your offense in place, albeit, though, A.J. Green did have an injury. Yep. That we don't know necessarily when he's going to be popping back in, yeah. mm-hmm. because anytime you're talking wide receiver and they injure an ankle or leg, it's tricky to try you predicting got, recovery time. For you sure. got to be real careful. So, and obviously the Bengals are going to be very smart about this. Oh yeah, and they're not going to rush him back by any means. And they still do have two serviceable wide receivers with Tyler Boyd and John Ross. Mm-hmm. So they'll be okay at that position. Yeah. And Andy Dalton, you know what you're going to get from him at this stage. They also still have Tyler Eifert at the tight end position. Right. Also coming back from an injury, though. But also yeah. a Notre, Notre Dame guy. But, but I but, mean, but, he but, can't. He's, I mean, he's the Andrew Luck of tight ends. Yeah. That guy gets breathed on and gets injured. Yeah, so right there, you don't know what you're going to get out of him. My, and, and, oh, I, mean, I was just going to say, my biggest thing is Andy Dalton. Yeah. yeah. I, to me, with a new quarterback, with a new coach coming in, a new system, this is really a make or break year for you because if this team finishes bad, you know, and I'm saying like top 10 bad, so they're looking at Herbert and they're looking at um, Tua and they're looking at Fromm, this is a very, very interesting draft depending on where the Bengals finish. Yeah. Right? Because they got quarterbacks of the future looking right in front of you and you got a, you know, probably almost 30 ish year old quarterback in Andy Dalton that's in a new system with a new guy who's probably going to look and want his own guy and is running his own mm-hmm. system. I'll say Andy Dalton ain't exactly going to be looking over his shoulders on Sundays. He'll be looking over his shoulders on Saturdays. Yes, he will. He doesn't have to worry about it right now, but you know he's in. A, I would compare it to Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. He's very much in that situation right now. I think it's a fair statement. So the footsteps are coming up close behind him. I mean, with the new head coach, Zach Taylor, you know he's going to definitely implement a different style that they're used to in, in Cincinnati. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If Dalton can adapt to it and if Joe Mixon can give him some breathing room at the running back position. Yeah. Who is a very good running back. He's a good running back, when he, like, a, but another one. Can he stay healthy? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's a common theme for NFL teams. It just depends on who gets the luck of But, I mean, healthy. the biggest thing, though, is with Mixon, if he's not healthy, they can survive. Yeah, I mean, they you saw know? Bernard as a – the backup there yeah. and they'll be okay and their defense that's going to be another big question mark too because yeah. Marvin Lewis was the defensive guy and they lost their biggest linebacker in Vontez Burfett Bruf- yeah Burfett yeah Burfett yeah that's a big loss so yeah. it's going to be a really interesting landscape now with the AFC North I'll say that uh, Cincinnati's uh, first month of the season they open at Seattle week one they uh, play San Francisco at home week two week three they travel to Buffalo and then week four they travel to Pittsburgh on Monday Night Football so coach give us your picks all right so in first I I mean I did it I'm going Cleveland okay first place I mean I just I I think that there there's too much talent on this team to not win. Now I know that there's a first year head coach and and there's some things that they got to work on, but I think Baker Mayfield will win them games and will them to win games. Uh, second place and winning my other wild card, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and then really I don't you know Baltimore is going to be right there in the mix. I've got them finishing third, and then you know Cincinnati drafting in the top ten and taking Tua. I've got Pittsburgh finishing first, uh, but and I've got Cleveland finishing second. But what I think it's going to come down to is it like they're going to split the season series. They'll they'll each win one, and I think that's going to play a factor into it come the end of the season in some bizarre fashion. Uh, so you got I got Pittsburgh first, Cleveland second, Baltimore finishing third, and I got Cincinnati finishing in last place and not improving from their record of six and ten last year. I'm I'm going to say. 
five and eleven, four and twelve. I have Pittsburgh winning the division. How could? How can't? How dare you? Oh, I know it's, it's a scary coach. And we to give you listeners at home uh, an idea. We did not talk about this list before we came in. No. Not at all. No. So this is all everybody did their own list, and we have not seen That's it. That's why I'm so offended right now. I, 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 said, I think you also remember from last year when you picked uh-huh. Cleveland to go all the way. Thank you. you. Go to the pl- playoffs, and you got burned on that. Yeah, well, whatever. I mean, but now how ca- how dare you, Ken, from last year to this year, now you shun them? Oh, I don't shun He's them. He's not shunning them. No, you <laughs> picking them to win the wild card is still shunning to me. No, well, I am picking them to win the wild card. You better. Yeah. No, I, I'm definitely picking them to win the wild card. I, But I think Pittsburgh is too good right now, mm-hmm. and I think that they're going to be back to normal Pittsburgh football. Now that they've got all the, the Le'Veon and the Antonio Browns and like all the chatter around them <laughs> out of their heads and out of their immediate area, they yeah. can breathe and just play football. Something that yeah. I probably should have reminded everybody and brought up too, though, is when James kind of went down, this wasn't the same team. That's true. No, it wasn't. So he's got to stay healthy, which he could not do last year. But on a week-to-week basis, the questions from reporters, both locally and nationally, won't be, you know, oh, oh, yeah, what's going on with Le'Veon Bell? Have you heard from Le'Veon Bell? James Conner went down. Is Le'Veon going to come back for this week? It's going to be, hey, what's your game plan for Cincinnati this week? What's your game plan for Los Angeles this week? So once you factor all that in, like I say, Pittsburgh is going to get back to Pittsburgh football. Mm -hmm. Cleveland is going to be right there with them. I I feel that they're going to win the wild card. I think Baker is... Definitely that person that Cleveland needed, and I think he's enough to get them to a wild card, without question. Looking at the rest of the division, Baltimore, I think, is going to wind up in third. Uh, Lamar Jackson, like I said, they'll contend. They'll be in. They'll be in the race for the wild card as well. But I think they're ultimately going to come up short by a couple games. I think it's the same thing as the AFC East. Yeah, yeah. I think it's two teams that easily with the Steelers and not Cleveland mm-hmm. could finish nine and seven with Baltimore and Pittsburgh and be neck and neck with each other. Yeah. I mean, it all depends on Lamar Jackson and if mm-hmm. he has progressed enough to keep winning games rather than, you know, having those disappearing acts like we talked about with the chargers <sighs> in the playoffs. That was abysmal. That was yeah. right. Bad. So it all depends on him and what he can will that team to do. And like I said, he's not a Baker Mayfield type charismatic, but he can definitely play. No question of that. It just depends, can he elevate his game enough to carry them over the hump? Mm-hmm. I don't think it's this season, but not to say we won't see some improvement out of him because I think we will. And then with Cincinnati, losing A.J. Green, that dropped him for me. Yeah. That I thought that, okay, new head coach, new style, new – just everything new would kind of work with them. But obviously you lose A.J. Green, you're asking a lot from Boyd and Ross. Is it enough? I Not this season. I just don't think it is. Yeah. But I think that we'll see – They'll be a good second-half team. Yeah. I think the start is going to be rough. I really do. I mean, they got to travel to Seattle to open up. With Frisco, you don't know. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get to them, but yeah, yeah we'll that's get a to huge them. question. Mark. Then they got to go to Buffalo. Yeah. You, you know where I'm going with that one. And then they go. They got to go to Pittsburgh. Yeah. So it's not out of the realm of thought to say they're going to start out 0-4. No, not at it's all. It's not out of the realm. No. And I think that, obviously, when you lose A.J. Green, that's a huge target that Andy Dalton has always looked for. So it's, it's a lot a, of catches and a lot of yards you got to make up for. Yeah. Yep. Are the other guys ready to step up and do it, especially with a new offensive philosophy? Jury is out. But I think, ultimately, they're going to come up short. I think they will be drafting very high. And would a quarterback be out of the realm of thought to get behind Dalton for a couple of seasons? No, a couple, no, a couple of seasons. It'll be a year. It'll be a year, yeah. but but I'm I'm old school with my thinking. Oh, that, okay, so, okay. So we'll just allude to that. <laughs> but the AFC North is going to be the one I think generates the most headlines, without question. probably without question, and I think for the right reasons. 
not so much the drama that's been there, but I think it's going to be ultimately one of the most competitive, if not the most competitive division in all the NFL. Quote me on that. But let me know what you think. Hit me up on the hashtag, hashtag ODPH. What is your thoughts on the AFC North? We're going to come back and talk a little AFC West here on the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. What's up, nerds? My name is Rich. And I'm Derek. And together, we're two-thirds of the Three Fat Nerds Podcast, and we're here to tell you about a convention that we are actually sponsoring in Oneonta, New York. On October 4th and 5th, in Oneonta, New York, at the Oneonta Foothills Performing Arts Center, Sci-Fi and Horror Fest will take place. And at Sci-Fi and Horror Fest, you can see Courtney Gaines, star of Children of the Corn. And the paranormal heartthrob, Dustin Parra. And of Jill Whitlow, who is in a movie that you really like, right? The greatest comedy of all time, Mask. How did he fit into that Dodgers cap? Of course, will you, there's be a ton of more other people. Of course, our friend Rusty Gilligan will be there. Len Oddity will be there. And of course, our favorite MVPs of Sci-Fi Horror Fest, Freestyle Confections, giving you all those tasty treats. All that and so much more. Uh, tickets start at $10 for the weekend, $6 for one day. You can get your tickets at SciFiHorrorFest.com. And please follow them on Facebook, Sci-Fi Horror Fest. We hope to see you in Oneana on October 4th and 5th for Sci-Fi Horror Fest. Coming back for the final segment on this edition of the ODPH podcast, we're breaking down the AFC NFL preview. Mm-hmm. The season is fastly approaching, but we have one more division to talk about in the AFC, and that is the AFC West. Yep. Now, Coach, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, so last year we had a very competitive division last year in oh, the yeah. AFC West oh, yeah. with Kansas City narrowly, barely, edging out the Los Angeles Chargers for first place. We'll say they were both twelve and four, so they got they got into those. Oh, if they both finish with this, then we got to look at their, their the point spread yeah, and the yeah. at home record. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Kansas City finishing first, Los Angeles finishing second. Then we had the uh, Oakland Raiders finishing in third, with Denver bringing up the or excuse me, Denver brought up third, yep, Oakland brought up the rear in fourth place. Yes. So taking a look at this, Kansas City was the fantasy football franchise you wanted to be a part of last year. I was like, people were real happy when they picked Patrick Mahomes as their starting quarterback. I mean, this guy. Yeah, I know. Believe me. I I saw it plenty of times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mahomes looked amazing. I mean, granted, I wasn't as mad that Buffalo decided to trade the pick that ultimately Kansas City got him at, but well, but it worked out in our favor too because we got Josh Allen. But uh, but the same thing. Well, if whoever wins the time championship will tell. first, time, yes. <laughs> time will tell. I have to tell that to myself. All so right, I, all so right, I you gotta make yourself feel better. So I, I cope with that. I get. Hey, I get it. Yeah. Daniel Jones is his name. Okay. Oh, we'll get to that next episode. Yeah, I know, I know. But, but going back with this, I mean, Andy Reid had his arguably best season he's ever had in Kansas City. Yeah. yeah I mean, what There's is coach, arguably about it? Yeah. What a coaching resurgence he yeah. had. I mean, yeah. obviously the year before they were very good too. Alex Smith played very well for them with Mahomes sitting the yeah, bench. Yeah. And then to take in Mahomes and turn hit, turn this offense around because this was not a traditional Andy Reid offense. No. They played at a much quicker pace with a lot more spread than what Andy Reid is used to. And, I mean, they gave Patrick Mahomes freedom, mm-hmm. which is the biggest thing I think that he needed because he yeah. needs to play that way. Oh, yeah, without question. Oh, yeah, no, no doubts there. Yeah, so this is one of those teams that – did they do enough to address the defensive side of the ball? I mean, the offense is going to be the offense. And obviously, you still got Travis Kelsey, arguably the best tight end in the league. Patrick Mahomes, if he can repeat his performance, I think anybody will be extremely happy with that. So you kind of really have to sit back and go, okay, what else are you bringing to the table? I don't know defensively if they've done enough. 
that's going to be the jury is still out on that one. Is it enough that they can win the West? I think so because when you got Patrick Mahomes playing the way he is, you can't argue that, and you will be in every game until he cannot play. I mean, obviously they they picked up Alex Okafor, who is a uh, you know a very good pass rusher, and then on the back end they got Tyron uh, Honey Badger, yeah, uh, Tyron Matthew. I I like it. I mean, yeah. I like those pickups. Those are the positions of need that they that you know. Obviously, they had one of the best safeties in the game in Eric Reed, you know, prior to. Unfortunately, another guy who can't stay healthy, so they make the move to the Honey Badger. And, I mean, really, with uh, Alex Okafor as a defensive end, now I think they have the pass rush that they didn't have before. Interior-wise, defensive tackle-wise, they had a very good run-stopping team. You know, not a lot of teams were rushing on them. But you can't rely on those guys to get to the quarterback. And that was the biggest thing in the AFC championship game. And they were breaking that down during the game tape. You know, when you're looking to get up the middle pressure, you know, eventually it takes too long. You know, you're talking four or five seconds and Tom Brady's going to dissect you. In well, that time. Let's not forget Tony Romo calling the plays from the booth at the, in the final stretches there. Yeah. So, yeah. Which I mean, Tony Romo's commentary is spot on, but with what they're bringing to the table, I mean, who's to say they're not going to do it again? I think they'll repeat as division champs, but I don't think they'll repeat the same offensive success they had last year. I, they'll they'll have a very good offensive year, but I don't think they'll repeat like they had the success they had last year because I think last year they averaged thirty five point three points per game, which was number one in the entire NFL. Second place was the LA Rams with thirty two point nine points per game. The only thing that I think we can compare that to was when in two thousand seven when the New England Patriots. Average 36.8 points per game. Now, you can't look at 2008 because that was a year obviously Brady was injured and, and didn't play more than like a quarter of football. So you jump to 2009, which was his next full season there. Uh, New England finished uh, in sixth place with 26.7 points per game. And then you flip it on the offensive side. Of course, he won the MVP in the 2007 season with 4,806 yards passing, 50 touchdowns, and eight interceptions. Uh, good for the number one overall in the entire NFL. 2009, he finished with 4,398 yards passing, uh, 28 touchdowns, and 13 interceptions. Yes, I think Mahomes will have a good offensive year, but I don't think it'll be as good as it was last year because defenses will have figured him out. Well, I mean, I don't think there is any figuring out this guy because he's so dynamic and so versatile that, I mean, obviously Madden created a whole package for him in the video game to show the way that he throws the ball because he can throw it at so many different angles. And the guy has a, a cannon that's only been rivaled by Uncle Rico. I mean, let's face <laughs> the facts here. I mean, this guy can throw the football a damn mile. I mean, so I don't think there's any way that you can game plan for it. You just got to hope that you can prevent it. My biggest problem is that they, I mean, Kareem Hunt's gone. Yeah. And they were, after that whole thing, a different team when he was out. Yeah. And that versatility and playmaking and the ability that he had to get open to help Mahomes, you know, as much as Travis Kelsey is, uh, you know, probably arguably now the best tight end in football mm-hmm. with Gronk gone, he can only do so much without a run game. And if you don't have a run game to balance your offense, you just you can't win games, even for as great as the Patriots have been, they're still able to run the ball. Yeah. And that's what is missing right now. And, you know, they brought in Carlos Hyde to try and fill that void. But, I mean, right now they have him listed as the third string running back. Might not even make the cut. Yeah, I mean, you look at last year, he had 172, uh, this being Carlos Hyde, had 172 rushing attempts with five touchdowns, averaged 3.3 yards per carry, and his longest run was 22 yards. Yeah. On the flip side, Damian Williams, who they've got listed at their number one uh, running position, is he had 50 running attempts, 256 yards, four touchdowns, and his average was 5.1 yards per game. It 
seems, per carry season. It seems that Kansas City, I mean, they're going to have running back issues, but they're not going to be the only team in the AFC West that does. I mean, no. take a look at the but, formerly known as San Diego Los Angeles Chargers, who I picked to win the whole thing last year, and thanks to a abysmal performance in New England, that did not happen. <laughs> I there's no front in about they should that. have never flown. They should have never flown home. They should have just stayed in the East Coast and went to New England after they beat Baltimore. But whatever. Yeah. So taking a look at that team, Melvin Gordon is in a nasty contract dispute that we talked uh-huh. about in last week's sports episode. I should actually mention. I like to call them the Los Angeles Fighting Irish. Well, there you go. With uh, John, with uh, the drafting of Jerry Tillery and my boy, Drew Tranquil. Yeah, coaches might have. To I, adopt I mean, him. I'm chair. I hey, listen, I am absolutely rooting for Los Angeles. Unfortunately, I just don't think it's going to be enough. Uh, you know, Notre Dame talent to carry this team to uh, you know prominence. It's going to be interesting. So what you're saying is Rudy isn't walking through those doors at any time, right? No, no, no. I mean, listen, I, I'm, on the real though. I mean, obviously, this is a very good team, and they're coming off of a very good year. Uh, it's just the problem is that they won a lot of games close. Yeah, a lot of games yeah. close, and any of those games could go the other way. So if that's the same thing happening this year, you know, just by virtue of probability, those games might go the other way. And instead of being twelve and four, they're eight and eight. There's so many different directions they can go in, but you still have Philip Rivers. Yep, and he's still slinging the ball. Yeah, and mm-hmm. he, he yeah. has not shown any sign of drop off. You no. know, it's crazy too because I, he he's playing, he's elevating. Yeah, yeah. You know, in these recent years, I mean, before it was like you know you were going to get you know maybe thirty to forty touchdowns a year from him, but you were also going to get probably fifteen to twenty interceptions. Yeah. Now I feel like you're going to get thirty touchdowns, but you might only get seven to eight interceptions in a year. Yeah, he's been playing smarter, and you can definitely tell. And it's the system that their head coach has implant implanted there. Yeah, I'll say they got a very easy schedule coming out the gate. Uh, week one they open against the Indianapolis Colts. Week two they travel to Detroit. Week three they play the Houston Texans, and then week four they play the Miami Dolphins. So coming out the gate, they should contend. Yeah, and they, and they should have a pretty good start, even without Melvin Gordon there. Yeah, because I believe what their backup is going to be what Austin Elker. Yeah, yeah and he and, played very very well late yeah. in the year. Yeah, and they still got Justin Jackson too there too. That's so, mm-hmm. that's why there's no rush for them to bring Melvin Gordon back to camp because they're like we got Elker right here. So they've yeah. also got we a got stellar receiving core. Yeah. Oh yeah, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. I mean Travis Benjamin too. And plus, if Hunter <laughs> Henry, Travis Benjamin. Yeah, I'd say he he can even balance out too. Yeah, they have enough weapons on that offense offensive side of the ball. Even with Hunter Henry coming back off that ACL injury, right? Mm-hmm. That now is the hype real behind him because they don't have Antonio Gates, who has always been the security blanket out there. Yeah, yeah which I mean, you can't speak enough to a guy that has chemistry built with a quarterback the way that Antonio Gates did with Philip Rivers. Yeah, so mm-hmm. that I mean, will be very interesting to see. I mean, obviously they played a few years without each other, and but Gates wasn't the same player without him. Right, and Rivers wasn't the same player without him either. So it all depends on if Henry can fill that void. Mm-hmm. I think either way, the Chargers are going to contend, and, and like Pat was touching upon, that they should come out of the gate pretty pretty hot. Yeah. yeah. Can they maintain, because they've already had some injury bugs on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. So that being said. That's where it was tough Like when I was filling out who I thought was going to win you know, these wild card positions, because yeah. you, obviously Kansas City is going to win the division. Yeah. Just, there's too much talent there to yeah. not. So when I was filling out that, it was really, really difficult to leave Los Angeles off this list because they are so good. Mm-hmm. I just Ultimately, there's only six spots. Yeah, this is true. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see if they can do it. And like I said, Los Angeles has looked good. Yeah. But can they maintain this? Because they don't have to really worry about any other teams catching them in the division, in my opinion. We take a look at Denver. 
who is in a very big transition phase. Huge. And before we even get to their, because I looked at their schedule, and my God, apologies to Denver fans, this is not going to be easy out the gate. We'll get to their acquisitions in a minute. They might have, at least to my, because I haven't looked at all the team's opening schedules yet, to thus far, they've got the hardest opening month of the season. Uh, week one, they open at Oakland on Monday Night Football. Uh, week two, they play the Chicago Bears at home. Week three, they travel to Green Bay. Week four, they travel or they play the Jacksonville Jaguars at home before they play the Chargers at, in Los Angeles and then the Titans at home in week six. So looking at that, Denver doesn't have anything easy going for them. No, they could no. easily be two and four. Right. Yeah. Joe Flacco is now the starting quarterback. They drafted Drew Locke, who will eventually take over the team, you would think. And but he's hurt right now, mm-hmm. so he's not even practicing. Right. Yep. The surprise fantasy pick of last year was Philip Lindsay. Yeah. Who came yeah. out of nowhere. Yep. And he's going to be leading the running back core, which, I mean, with Denver, they've always been able to plug in anybody, it seems, and they'll make it happen at yeah. the running back position. Then looking, you got Emmanuel Sanders coming back from a leg injury. And, I mean, honestly, they're not doing enough to scare you on the offensive side of the ball. No. I mean, defense is still Von Miller's team. It's mm-hmm. going to be a long year, no yeah. matter what way you shake it. I mean, it's it's tough right now because you want to see, you know, uh, AFC West rivalry that's there with all these teams. I mean, these yeah. are all heated rivalries as far as especially being, you know, on the West Coast. We don't get to see it very often, but I mean, they are. That I mean that the Denver Oakland rivalry is of legends. Yeah. yeah. And now these are two teams that are going to be fighting for, you know, a top 5 pick. Yeah, so I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out because Denver they have to contend, but I think that they're probably looking at Oakland's situation and going, well, it could be worse. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for mildly. sure. I mean, Coach, I'll let you kick this one. Yeah, I mean, Oakland's a mess. Uh-huh. Well, what else can you say? I mean, Antonio Brown's helmet yeah. gate, that whole situation, which, I mean, honestly, now with the with more stories coming out that they did find a helmet that technically should have qualified and the NFL still dis- you know, didn't allow it. Right. You know, well, they, t- you- they tested it. It failed to test. And now the latest we've heard is that Antonio has filed for another grievance with the NFL to allow him to use the helmet. And his arguing this time is that other players in the past were allowed a grace period where they could wear the old helmet before they had to switch to a new one. And that's his argument. We haven't heard anything about the development off of that arbitration hearing if it has occurred yet or not. But if we do, we'll let you know. Yeah, I mean, which, it, it, which sucks. I mean, because he is the only one player that's lost this. But at the end of the day, it is player safety. And I mean, let's face it, it's not a helmet that made you great. Yeah. You know, I mean, and I think it was either Matthew Barry or or somebody said, where's the kid that came out of northern Illinois? That Rich Eisen. Oh, Rich Eisen. Yeah, that was a great quote because where is that Antonio Brown? Mm -hmm. Well, that's the biggest question because all of a sudden, over the course of a year, we went from Antonio Brown, who was happy to be in Pittsburgh and really, you almost want to say the face of the franchise. Really didn't complain too much. Coming out of nowhere to being the top, one of the best wide receivers in all the NFL. Mm -hmm. Right. To now, what happened? Yeah. And I don't know if he just kind of bought into his own hype. I don't know if it's like people around him that kind of really, you know, are telling him to act this way that, you know, he didn't want to get showed up. I, I don't like I don't uh, understand. It's, just, it's all weird. It's un, and it's unfortunate because it's yeah. a generational talent that you're watching basically just fall, you know, unravel, you yeah. know. I mean, yeah. it's just one of the weirdest situations to see just how you go from playing with Ben Roethlisberger and you have a great thing going in Pittsburgh. Yeah. To now you couldn't go there and then you were like, OK, I demand to be traded. You almost got traded to the Bills. And then you're screaming, oh, no, 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 I'm not going there. So then they finally send you to Oakland, 
where you're like, it seems like everything's happy and everything's going to work and everything's going to be great. And then it's not. Yeah. Right. And then all of a sudden it's everybody's pointing fingers at each other. And then it's all about my helmet and then it's all about my frostbite. And then, well, not even to mention, I mean, just the whole situation in Oakland is very awkward. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Gruden get brought back in from doing commentary to being the head coach and still trying to coach the same way that he did 10 years ago, which doesn't work in today's NFL. I mean, unfortunately, the days of being a taskmaster, a uh, task mask master and being that, you know, I have my thumb on everything that coaching style just doesn't work anymore. And yeah. I mean, that's the same, it's the same thing that happened in New York with Tom Coughlin. And then, you know, then you bring in Mike Mayock from another guy who was doing, you know, and uh, analytical jobs for, you know, NFL network and stuff to be your general manager. And yeah, I mean, he's commenting on who should go where and how they should go there. But I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, he wasn't running the books. Yeah. So now you got that awkward situation. So it's just like, it's a franchise that's just in such flux that last year we loved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, Derek Carr and Marshawn Lee, Lynch running the ball and, you know, and Amari Cooper at the time and, you know, the running back and uh, other wide receivers that they had and the defense that they were building. We, we saw, you know, a future. And now, you know, you got Gruden commenting on Derek Carr and, you know, uh, loving the other quarterbacks that they've brought in and, and Peterman yeah. and stuff. And yeah. it's just it's a weird, awkward situation. The entire franchise is just it's there's something so weird. It's a weird 180 from, like we said last season, we were all very high on the Oakland Raiders. I think we all had them, if not winning the division, contending and not maybe making the playoffs. Yeah. To go from, you know, a, a very good football team to, let's be honest, it's a lot of razzle-dazzle. A lot, you know, oh, we got the big-name co- coach. We got the big-name wide receiver. We got some big names on defense. That's fine and dandy, and it looks great on Madden if you're playing some guy in Madden Ultimate Team. But this is real football. They got to perform, and, and thus far, we're not really seeing all that much as, that's convincing us that they're going to be good this year. I mean, it was a warhead. You know, you suck on it, and it tastes really, really good at first, and then all of a sudden, that sour uh, flavor goes away, and it's just it's a piece of candy, mm-hmm. and it's just normal, plain, yeah. boring candy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like for me, Gruden coming back is like when John, uh, uh, Coach of the Redskins there. Oh yeah, uh, Joe Gibbs. Thank you. Yeah, came back after being away for so long. The yeah. game passes people by. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's not a slight to him, but it's just it's a different league, a different era. To be fair though, Gibbs tried to adapt. Oh yeah, yeah. he did. NFL. He did, but but Gruden, you t- you take a look at so far, and it's just it's not resonating. It's, I mean, it, he refers to too often in the show, and obviously referring to hard knocks of, oh, we can't practice this way like we used to. We can't do this like we used to. We can't. You can't have that mentality. Yeah. And and progress as a human, right. let alone as a coach. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be very interesting out the gate. Uh, they open against Denver at home in week one on Monday Night Football. Week two, uh, they play at home against the Kansas City Chiefs. Week three, they travel up to Minnesota. Week four, they travel to Indianapolis. I mean, they could be two and two. Or they could be one and three. Yeah. A lot of different ways this can go. Yeah. A lot of different ways. I mean, Oakland's got a lot more questions than answers. Mm-hmm. So, Coach, let me ask you, who you got? All right, so can I already said Kansas City is going to win my division, you know, or win this division, uh, and then I've got basically the same way that it finished last year. Yeah, the Chargers, the the uh, Denver Broncos, and then Oakland. No, I, I, I'm with Coach. I, I don't think you're going to see any change in the, in the order with how it was last year. Kansas City in first, Chargers in second, Broncos in third, Raiders in fourth. So looking at this, you have to give Patrick Mahomes and company the benefit of the doubt. The AFC West looks. Pretty weak to me, to yeah. be honest with you. And th- that I think I think they're going to win by default, and I mean this because 
okay, the offense, you still have Patrick Mahomes. He's still playing at a high level. Who knows what we're going to get out of him, but he's still going to be up there. He's still going to do what he's going to do. Sure. So that being said, he's going to lead that team into doing what he needs to do. And going with that, that looking at the Chargers, there's a lot more uncertainty, I think. I think that we hit the nail on the head in the discussion. They won a lot of close games. They also lost a lot of close games. Mm-hmm. They have a very big distraction on their offensive side of the ball with Melvin Gordon. Is it enough to take away points from that team scoring? No, no. it's not. But when you're looking at this on paper, the team that snuck up on a lot of teams last season is going to be one that has a lot of question marks on their offensive side of the ball. Can the two running backs step up and replace Gordon? Can Hunter Henry be the guy? There's already injuries happening on the defensive side of the ball that are huge. I don't think they're going to do it, and I think they're going to have a fall-off to a degree. They're still going to wind up in second because the division is that weak. Denver, I think, winds up in third by default, and I think their defense is going to win them some games that they probably shouldn't win. Yeah. Because, honestly, on their offensive side of the ball, nobody scares me. Nobody. No. And then Oakland, I mean, honestly, I'm looking at them and I'm going – if Antonio Brown can magically turn into the Antonio Brown of old, they got a shot. If he can't, this is all for nothing. I mean, they're honestly a team that could go fourteen and two out of nowhere, or go two and fourteen and not surprise you at all. Yeah, I mean, really, because not they, wrong. They have talent. Mm-hmm. You can't argue that. It's just is the is the uh, foundation set enough that they can win games, and that's where I would say no. Yeah. So, looking at that, it's almost anybody's guess of what they can do. So, I do think Oakland is ultimately going to wind up being in last. And yeah. I think that maybe the Gruden era is going to have one more shot. I mean, I know they they got him guaranteed for, what, a 10-year contract? Yeah, or he's definitely Something coming absurd. back next year. He's going to be back next season, and then we'll see what happens after that. But I think the, the hot seat's going to get really hot this year. Mm-hmm. Because you made the biggest splash in free agency, yep. or the offseason, rather, by trading to get Antonio Brown. You have to make him connect with Derek Carr because you traded Amari Cooper away. You traded Khalil Mack away, and look at what happened when you did. Whoops. Yeah, you never got over that stigma. You need to improve on that, and you definitely need to step it up and do something there. If you don't, it's all a failure, in my opinion. So before we give our predictions for the playoffs and the overall AFC championship, I want from the panel one player – that is a fantasy football pickup because we all play fantasy football here. Yeah. If you're not in a league, I highly recommend you do just sign up for one play for fun. It's something that if you're not into sports or not in the NFL, rather it will get you hooked quickly. It's just a fun thing to do. I'll say that it's also not out of the realm of possibility for somebody to play a fantasy football league with no knowledge of the football teams or who they are. They just pick on names and they just go randomly and they win the whole darn thing. Yeah. So let's get somebody from the AFC starting with coach. Yeah, I mean, the obvious pick, I think, is Elker, uh, Los Angeles, with Melvin Gordon's contract dispute being there. As a guy who picked up James Conner last year with Le'Veon Bell's issues, you know, I reaped those rewards, and I was very happy about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that's the obvious pick. The guy I'm going to go with is somebody that I mentioned before, Miles Boykin with Baltimore. Big, tall, strong wide receiver that, I mean, if Lamar Jackson gets time and room and can throw the ball – I think he's going to be a target, and they've already set out a camp, like you mentioned earlier. They they have a very good rapport together. So I mean, if you if you need wide receivers, and you know you have a league where you know you might have three wide receivers and a flex, or four wide receivers and a flex, I think that's a name that if you can stash, he might not give you anything early, 
But I think as the year goes on, I think he's going to be somebody that he's your name. It's a name you're going to hear often as the year goes on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go a little close to home. I'm going to go with Nikhil Harry, uh, wide receiver from the New England Patriots. Of course, uh, their first round draft pick out of Arizona State. Yes, Josh Gordon is back for the NFL season. You know, but we know his history. I mean, let's not sugarcoat it. He's here right now. He could be gone by next week. You know, so you talked about we talked earlier in the previous segment about the loss of Rob Gronkowski. So you got to fill the void and catches there. Yes, they still have Julian Edelman, but Julian Edelman is one man. He cannot do everything as much as I love the squirrel. You know, he can't do it all. So I think Nikhil Henry, Harry, excuse me, is definitely a guy you got to keep an eye out for and, and pick up, even if you let him sit on your bench for a few weeks. So for mine, I know everybody thinks I'm going to take somebody from Buffalo, but I'm not. I would say Cleveland is David Njoku. Mm-hmm. I think that with Baker Mayfield's offense, I mean, Odell's going to get a lot of coverage. He's going to be a guy that you want to pick up. But if I really have to make a choice, I'm going to kind of deep dive a little bit. I'm saying Hunter Henry. I think with Antonio Gates now being retired out as of right now, he's no longer with the Chargers. Phillip Rivers needs a go-to guy, and he's always relied on his tight end. Henry has a lot of hype behind him. I think he's going to be the guy you want to go get. And I think he's going to put up a lot of points because Phil Rivers likes to spread the ball around, and you know how he gets with tight ends. Oh, so yeah. I think it's a safe, safe pick to get on your sleeper team. And some teams are going to be a little apprehensive to pick him up because of his injury. So far, he's looked good when he's been back, so we'll have to wait and see on that. Mm-hmm. So now let us give you our breakdowns of the AFC with the overall AFC winner starting with Coach. So uh, are we going to go over all overall playoffs? Who's going to be in the playoffs right, and then so who got winning the whole Obviously, the I had Cleveland. I had the uh, Patriots. I had Kansas City. I had Pittsburgh. And I have Jacksonville. My one seed being Kansas City again. I think they're going to repeat. New England being a very close second. I've got Cleveland then third. And then rounding out that would be uh, the Texans winning the South. And then Pittsburgh and Jacksonville. My uh, AFC championship game is going to be um, Kansas City and the Patriots. Again, in a repeat. But I think Kansas City this year has made the adjustments necessarily necessary to win it. And I think they go on to the Super Bowl by narrowly beating the Patriots again 30-27. to 27. Uh, I had the New England Patriots winning the East, the Pittsburgh Steelers winning the North, the Houston Texans winning the South, and then the Kansas City Chiefs winning the West. Uh, in terms of the wild card, I've got the uh, Cleveland Browns uh, getting one of those spots, and then I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Chargers getting the other uh, uh, wild card spot. I'm going to go with, like kind of like Coach said, uh, the New England Patriots and then the Kansas City Chiefs again in the AFC Championship game with New England repeating again as AFC champions. So I have the Pats winning the East, Pittsburgh winning the North, Kansas City winning the West, Houston winning the South, Jacksonville and Cleveland are my wild cards. My number one seed is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Number two is going to be the Patriots. I can't with you right now. Yeah. He can't even. I can't. I just can't. I'm, I'm going in on Pittsburgh. I'm saying. You and your love affair and, and, and bouncing back and forth with the AFC North, something's going on over there. <laughs> We have a lot of listeners out in the Midwest, so shout out to everybody I mean, on Ohio. You so, can't, no, you can't shout out Ohio when you're pitting when you're pitting Pittsburgh to win the division. Oh, H. I, I mean, I, get out of here. I was going to shout out Ohio, but I'm also shouting out Pittsburgh. We have oh, some, all right. You got to let me finish. You, you, oh, okay. Too easy to jump the guns. You no, can't. but you can't shout out Ohio when you're sitting here saying I think Pittsburgh's going to well, win the division. They're going to be the number one seed. You got well, you shout gotta out Ohio. Me, you got to let me finish, my friend. Oh, all right, because I do think Cleveland's going to make a run in the playoffs. But I think overall, Pittsburgh is going to just win this year. I think, and I, like I say, I think the Patriots are going to have a nice run. 
But I, you know, the more I'm thinking about it, I think Pittsburgh is going to wind up pulling it off. Yep. Yeah. I've now made Coach leave the studio. I was saying, I wish we had webcams for this. Yes. But you're definitely going to – NFC. Yeah. He wants to get jumping on the NFC, so we're definitely going to round that out. So the music you heard on this week's episode of the ODPH is that of Fair City Fire. You can find out about all of them on OchoDuroParleyHour.com. Check the music section. You can check out the blogs. You can check out hashtag 607podcast. Find out about 3FN. Find out about Horizon 607. Everybody that uh, is kind of contributing to the show and a whole lot more. And, in fact, I think Coach is going to have a very hot blog coming out there uh, probably bashing me about my <laughs> Asinine. It's just asinine. Yes, he, he's not handling the fact that I, that I can shout out you know multiple cities, but I'm I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with Pittsburgh. I, something about the AFC North. Last what, year it was Cleveland. Now it's Pittsburgh. Just bouncing back and forth. Next year it'll be Cincinnati. Yeah, right. Yeah, maybe well, Baltimore. Even I, who knows? Yeah, but that's all we got for this episode. We gave you our picks for the AFC. Stay tuned for our NFC show, which will be out very very shortly. Which I mean, it's pretty much going to be Coach talking about the New York Giants, and then maybe we'll get about ten minutes. I'm about so upset. Else. I might stay on this Cleveland situation here. <laughs> we might have to carry it over. But for your coach, my coach, the coach, coach. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye and not good luck. No. For Padawan J. Thank you, thank you. I'm your host, Ken M. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. We'll see you next time. <laughs>